Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Marcus Paspitz with RioMax, and thanks for tuning in to the RioMax Tailgate Talks podcast. Today on the podcast, we have an audio excerpt from one of our past webinars. The, the next speaker comes to us from Douglas, Wyoming, and uh, Larry Chamberlain has been with us since, I believe, 2012. Um, but I won't waste any more time. I'm going to hand over to you, Larry. Thanks for joining us, and uh, welcome. Well, good evening. I've sure enjoyed uh, everybody's presentation, learned a lot. And I don't really know what we'd do without Rio Max. It's um, been a make or break situation since uh, 2012. We learned the hard way about uh, just how tough this country can get. We thought 2006 was bad, but then came 12. And uh, 20 has not uh, been too kind to us either. Uh, somebody mentioned there the the three and a half inches of rain, and uh, we got two tenths today, and that's the first we've had pretty much all summer. So we're just really grateful, uh, thanking God for that tonight. Uh, at least it keeps the fire danger down. But uh, we sit here at a <clears throat> mile where uh, our winter country is, where we raise our hay, and then we uh, go ahead and. Uh, take the cattle up to six and even up to 8,000 feet for uh, summer pasture. And uh, we've just, the reason I say make or break with uh, Rio Max, uh, so many people nowadays with uh, primarily black cattle in the mountains have such a death loss from now on through the fall months, they'll just, you'll just find these uh, nice big black steers dead. And uh, I've tried to emphasize what has worked so well for us. We've gone ahead and moved our uh, preconditioning, that second shot, that booster up. We're going to start doing that uh, here right away. But sometimes that's not an option, especially in the uh, remote pastures to get those cattle in and treat them. And the uh, soapbox that I've got on, especially with my brother, up towards uh, the bighorns of Wyoming, and they're up eight, 9,000 feet with their pastures, uh, experiencing loss. And it, if they would try the Rio tub, and you could help me out, uh, Trevor, in the understanding of what you really believe is behind this, but uh, we just have not experienced the death loss uh, with any of these calves, just have not had any if they're consistently on the real products and so from that point on getting them back home for the fall we uh, sell wean calves a little bit of an incentive there price wise they're telling us as much as uh, uh, four to six dollars a hundred and because we're not grain country here you like to see those calves go ahead and gain good and uh, we've found that if they're on tubs, they'll go ahead and put on, we average around 2.3 pounds per day gain on our steers, just basically on uh, on hay and some small grain silage. So just a lot to be said for what has paid off in our business and, and how real has, has made an impact for us. Uh, one of the things that's really helped us Save calves, and obviously, 
in the day and age where we live in, efficiency is the name of the game. And it all boils down to how many calves you, you actually sell. And that starts out with uh, how many cows you entered or actually produced a live calf. And for a long time there, we suffered badly with that enterotoxemia. And uh, specifically, a lot of people would refer to that as purple gut. If you post the animal, you'll find their inside, uh, the intestinal area just as purple as a grape. And uh, on account of real uh, being fed, and we've gone to doing this uh, with the cows uh, well before calving. It's been explained to me. It helps clean your system out for you. You've got rid of possibly some, uh, oh, maybe uh, if it's uh, the usual fact, uh, culprits that cause enterotoxemia. There's a whole batch of them, but uh, we're already using the rotor corona uh, vaccines. But whatever is the cause, uh, and there have been a, a lot of experimentations done with uh, from the pharmaceuticals, but nothing has seemed to, to nail it until we put the cows on the tabs, the cows on the tabs. And that seemed to really get us past uh, losing calves from purple gut. And then the other thing that uh, we have seen, we have a lot of Hereford cattle, and they're up there in that rocky mountainous country and uh, it's it's no fun trying to treat a, a foot rot especially in the bulls the bulls were very susceptible to their weight the foot rot you had to find a pine tree you could get a bull up close to try to rope him and get him snubbed up to the pine tree without getting yourself killed and since we've had the Rio tubs, we've not treated a bull. And that's, again, we're looking at uh, this be the ninth year that we have fed uh, consistently real products. So just a lot of reasons. We're thankful for Rio Max and the team and, and what you folks have done for us. I, I can't beat the drum too hard. It's uh, You guys uh, certainly have it coming. You, you have a, a product. It lives up to its claim, and uh, I have no problem uh, backing that up with uh, lots of examples. Thank you, Larry. I was wondering if you could uh, just share with us what you've seen with uh, conception rates, breed up. Been very happy with that. Uh, our uh, you know where you run into trouble. It just makes you sick. You have the uh, expensive replacement heifers. They produce their first calf. Not too much trouble with the uh, breed up on the yearlings, but then they have their first calf, and here's a nice heifer, and she comes up open. She's put a lot, a lot of her uh, substance into raising that first calf and she just doesn't have it in her uh, body to go ahead and rebreed. In this past year, we had 100% breed up on those two year old heifers. So again, just another example of uh, 
something being different about the program. And I think, uh, again, it, it brings out the necessity to keep the, the cattle not just sporadically on the tab, but continually. Can you, uh, so much of the country in facing drought or dry conditions, can you speak to that a little bit as to where you got started with Rio back in 2012 and the, the conditions you were facing then? I don't know how the majority of the country was. Uh, Wyoming was extremely uh, desolate, even more than it normally is. In 2012, we uh, unloaded a group of cattle in May, and I just jokingly told the trucker, well, we'll see you next month. We actually did make it into July before we had to bail out of a 2,500-acre pasture. There just was literally no feed. And obviously, you can't expect the tub to uh, get you through if the cattle have nothing to eat. There's got to be something. But what we found was with the tub, the feed that was there, and little as it was, dry as it was, basically we're feeding 2011, which happened to be a, a wet year. We're feeding 2011's leftover uh, feed. And on account of the, the Nutrisorb, and uh, Ross mentioned there something that has um, hit us too. Nobody wants ionophores anymore if you're all natural, and we try to to achieve that. But again, we don't have to rely on monensin or rumensin either one to uh, duplicate the feeding efficiency. And again, 2020 is, is another booger uh, where we've had so much wind and we had enormous amounts of snow during the winter. But then we've had uh, just continual wind and no rain all summer. And we're hoping we can make it through. We're just trusting the Lord uh, one week at a time, try to get through the, uh, well, the month of July is pretty much done. We'll see how, what August does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing your experiences with us, Larry. Um, I'd be glad if you chime in. I was just, I was thinking you had some experience with coccidiosis too. Have I got the right guy or am I thinking of somebody else? Yeah, uh, bloody scars again and those, you know, you got to have, my dad always said, you don't have to be crazy to be in the ranching business, but it sure helps. And I suppose uh, I heard some of you other fellows up there in North Dakota talk about trying to get more in line with with nature. And I, I don't disagree with you guys a bit. I've got a uh, small herd of buffalo and we just had a, a new calf born today. Obviously, you run the bulls uh, all the time with the buffalo. They're seasonally polyesterous, so you don't get calves way out of whack. But uh, on account of the way our operation is here, we really don't have any choice but to calve at a point where we can get those cow 
cows and calves to pasture because your envelope is so short to utilize the mountain country. So you've got to have those calves up and ready to go to, to pasture by May. And so anyway, you, you deal with a lot of really tough winter conditions and uh, of course built shelters to get the, the calves to where they can get into dry conditions. But if you're going to be dumb enough the calf, when it's like that, you're going to fight bloody scours. Uh, is the cause of bloody scours always uh, coccidiosis? I don't know. But I can tell you that uh, if the cattle are consistently on the Rio tabs, the bloody scours are not the problem. Well, thank you, Larry. Thanks for joining us and going through the the trauma of trying to get connected via video. I'm sorry to do that to you. I'm sure you would have rather treated a coccidiosis case than gone through all the hoops to get on this thing tonight, <laughs> but I sure appreciate you doing uh, it. Just, just got a wonderful daughter. She took her all the work. Glad to do it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, hopefully you all enjoyed that. We have these free webinars on a monthly basis and would love to have you live to enjoy the entire webinar and ask questions. To get signed up for our upcoming webinars, head on over to reomax.net slash events to get in on our next event. If you're enjoying what we've got to offer on the Reomax Tailgate Talks podcast, I'd encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I look forward to next time and you guys have a good one.